Church, tonight we have called for a season of prayer. And when I, before I came here in my work at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, I served, one of my hats that I had was I served as a state prayer coordinator. In that capacity, I spent a lot of time on the road speaking and teaching about prayer. And um, one of the things that I believe is very important is that we have opportunity as a church to pray together from time to time. And it's been a while. Um, when I uh, first came here, we had several evenings like this that we set aside to pray. Uh, more recently, over the last two, three years, up into this past spring, we were setting aside a couple of Thursday nights a month to pray. We called it a night of prayer or a time of prayer. And um, folks would come that could come, and we would just spend about an hour praying together. And, um, uh, and then uh, last spring, you'll recall, at the end of our focus on experiencing God together, we spent an entire week in prayer, praying night and day from one Sunday morning worship service to the following Sunday morning worship service. And it was a marvelous time. And I believe we're going to do that again. Now, we're not starting that tonight, but, but we, I really believe that we need to do that again. My conviction as your pastor is, is really just a simple agreement uh, with the heart of God that his house would be known as a house of prayer. That whatever other reputation that we might have as a church, that our first uh, reputation, the first thing we'll be, we would be known for is that if you need someone to pray for you, go to that church because they will pray for you. And, um, and so when we come together like this, I believe we are, we are immediately setting foot on holy ground. This is exactly where the Father wants us tonight, and it's exactly what he wants us to be doing. Um, as recently as yesterday, I believe, we had uh, our deacon wives and some others who walked the property and prayed through this auditorium. Am I right about that, one of you ladies? Yes. Um, uh, Pamela uh, Fisher and some other women met yesterday morning and prayed over the property and prayed through here. And you say, why would, why would people walk around and pray over uh, the property? Because we want to invite his presence in all those places where people are going to be hearing God's word, where people are going to be taught God's word, where people are going to be exposed to Christians, sometimes non-Christians coming into the environment for the first time of being around other Christians. And we don't want any hindrances because we recognize there's a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare taking place. And it is our desire to be right in the thick of that conflict. Not that we relish pain and hurt and hardship, but because we believe that God has already given us the victory in Jesus Christ. And that as we enter into that battle by faith, trusting his word and what he has said, um, he will accomplish whatever is necessary to defeat the enemy. Uh, we need to pray like that. Um, we, uh, we also are facing as a church, uh, based on my announcement this morning, uh, we have uh, hurt, we have grief, uh, we have brokenness among us. And you may feel that personally to one degree or another, but we definitely have that as a church family. And it is absolutely essential that we understand that the way to get past that is to pray together. 
the way to get past whatever it is that you're experiencing, whatever it is that you're feeling, whatever could be a, a block between you and the Lord, is to pray together with other Christians. One of the best things you can do with someone that you're struggling uh, to get along with is to pray with them. It's really hard to continue to be difficult with someone that you're praying with. Um, and so one of the best things you can do is to pray together. I recommend that, by the way, for husbands and wives, uh, that they pray together uh, regularly in part for that reason. Uh, so tonight we've come together to pray. Uh, we are seeking Him. We need Him as a church. We recognize that there are certain things that we want to see happen in and through our church and the churches of our area in, in the Delta and in Northeast Arkansas. There are certain things, dear ones, that will not happen unless we pray together. In fact, most of the admonitions to pray in the New Testament are, are second-person plural, meaning it's given to a group. Even one of my most favorite promises in God's Word in James 4 when he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, in the original language it's second-person plural. And so tonight as we come together, we are, we are closer to what I believe the Lord wants us to do tonight than perhaps anything else we've done today. And so I'm grateful that you're here. Now let me give you some, some encouragement and some, uh, some pointers about what we're going to do. If you're a guest tonight or you're here with us for the first time, you especially need to hear what I'm about to say. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide a scripture prompt. Uh, there's one, for example, on the screen and we're going to respond to these scripture prompts. They'll, they'll be on the screen. I will read a scripture to you. And then I will give you a very brief suggestion of how to pray, uh, drawing on the truth of that scripture. You with me so far? And then as I give you that prompt, um, I'm going to turn you loose to pray. And then I will rudely cut back in after a, a period of time. And I will give you another prompt. And we'll, you will shift gears and, and do that. Now, you say, well, that doesn't sound hard. Um, I'm going to add another layer of complexity to what I just told you. In addition to giving you those scripture prompts, I'm going to uh, ask you to play hard tonight. And I will ask you to get in groups of two or groups of three or groups of four. Um, now, I, I know from past experience with our church that we are mathematically challenged. But when I ask you to get into a group, um, let me encourage you not to remain by yourself. And, and it is even more wonderful if you wind up with somebody you don't really know that well. That's okay. Now, that's the first thing is I will ask you to get in groups, and I will break you up and, and reassemble you at different points. And I know it's a little awkward in the auditorium. It's a little awkward in the pews uh, to move about. But, but would, you, would you play hard with me in that regard? Second thing is, when you are in a group, please don't feel like you have to pray. Um, if you are not comfortable praying in a group, um, I don't know where you are in your walk with God. I don't know what's happening in your life. You may just not be at a place where you can pray in a group at this, this moment. Listen, it's okay. You do not have to pray out loud in the group, but you can join in with your heart. And, and you can pray with that group, and you don't have to move your lips, okay? So, so don't feel like we're going to put you on the spot tonight. Um, it, you know, you may think, oh, goodness, I'm going to have to pray out loud 
and I'm not comfortable doing that. I think I want to sneak out when no one's looking. You don't need to do that. You don't have to pray out loud. Uh, the second thing is, uh, when you pray, uh, do, do allow others the opportunity to pray. Uh, some of you have no problem praying in a group, and um, some of you have no problem praying for the group entirely, completely, and every time. So, um, so, so do allow others time to pray. Uh, I'm not saying that, that you can't pray what's on your heart. I want you to do that, okay? But, but be considerate of others, and we want to encourage others to pray. And, and, um, and so uh, the Lord knows what's on your heart before it comes out of your mouth. Do you believe that? He, he actually said that. So the other thing is, I know there are children present, and nothing, and you think, oh, goodness, this will be hard for the children. Listen, this is one of the greatest moments for your child to be here when we pray together. Um, one of the ways that we learn to pray is by hearing other people pray. And when, and when children are exposed to other adults, even other than the, their parents, and they're praying, that's one of the ways they learn. And so uh, it's one of the ways we learn even as adults is by watching and seeing and hearing other people do things. So, so don't, don't hesitate to bring your, your children into the group with you. But when I say get in groups of four, um, I'm not saying children don't count but they don't have to count the body count. They, you, they can bring them in and include them in your group of four, even though you may wind up being a group of eight or whatever the case may be. Are you with me? All right. I'm blinded by the light, so sometimes I can't hear your heads nodding. <laughs> All right. So relax, breathe. Um, I praise the Lord for the opportunity we have tonight. It's about 620. Uh, we'll probably pray for about 30 minutes. Uh, at least, and you say, well, I've never prayed for 30 minutes before. It's going to fly by. It's going to fly by. Remember, what we're doing is to please the Lord. Um, so, right now, on the screen, you see a scripture. It is a promise, by the way. It is a promise. It's also a command. Draw near to God. Here's the promise, and he will draw near to you. Isn't that a wonderful promise? If you knew right now that you could go where God is, wouldn't you want to go there? And this verse tells you exactly how to go there. He, you turn your heart, your attention to him, and he immediately, you have his attention. And that's what we get to do tonight. Okay? So let me ask you just privately, individually, um, and as we pray, uh, Susie's going to play some music quietly for us so you're not distracted by other sounds. But uh, would you, in your heart, just turn your attention to the Lord? Say, Lord, I'm here, and uh, I want to draw near to you. And would you come to me, and, um, and I want to meet with you tonight with my brothers and my sisters, okay? Bow your heads, please, and draw near to God, quietly, privately, and he will draw near to you. Father, tonight we, we turn to you in our heart and individually we, we are hungry, we are thirsty to meet with you. We need you as your people. Lord, there, there are way too many times in my own life where I get preoccupied with other things. But nothing 
can take your place. There is no priority greater than my need to be with you. And I share that with every person here. You made us for yourself. You created us in love. Before the world was made, you knew us and you loved us. You've said in your word that you've loved us with an everlasting love. I pray, Father, tonight that as you come and work among us and guide us as we pray together, that you would grant us exposure to your heart. And that in that exposure to your heart, we would be changed forever. Please. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. If you'll look up here. The next verse of Scripture I'm going to read for you in just a moment. But would you go ahead now? and go ahead and get in groups of four. And this does, this is full audience participation. Groups of four. All right, and Exodus chapter 15, verse 11. The Bible says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? Uh, that is a verse of praise, isn't it? And, and it really sets the bar for us to praise Him ourselves. Uh, when we praise the Lord, uh, I almost have a visual sense that the dividing line between the seen and the unseen gets really thin. Uh, he inhabits, the Bible says, the praises of His people. And so when we praise Him, uh, we get just a little bit closer to heaven. We really do. So in your groups, would you just take a few moments to praise the Lord? And um, they can be simple sentence uh, statements of praise, or you may actually have more to say than that, all right? So would you pray in your groups? Just take time to praise the Lord. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 30 to 32, Paul writes, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Bible says, the Lord will not hear me. If there is a need that you have to clear uh, your heart before the Lord. I want to encourage you to do that. I'm not asking you to confess your deepest, darkest sins to your group tonight. But I would encourage you, even as you praise a group, to acknowledge that we all battle with sin. But what we want to do is be particularly sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve Him, do you? I, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And he lives inside every Christian. And so tonight in your groups, would you pray about this business of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit? And uh, as he leads you, as he guides you, would you do that? We want to be the most sensitive that we can be. And so um, would you pray now in your groups?
In Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, the prophet revealing the heart of God at a critical moment in the nation says, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. This was written at a time where the priests had failed, the leadership had failed, there was no leadership in the land, and he's saying, I was looking for someone who would stand between the destruction of the nation and me. Have you ever thought that your, your prayer life is all that stands between someone missing God and someone knowing God? Tonight, I would like us to pray about our prayer life. And in your groups, I'd like you to take a few moments just to pray and ask the Lord. And ask Him if you mean it. That I want to be that man, that woman that you're looking for in the Delta of Arkansas. I want to stand in the gap. On behalf of those who are perishing, on behalf of those who are in trouble, on behalf of those who are hurting, Father, I want to become an intercessor. Would you pray about that in your groups? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, this verse that I'm about to read in context is addressing someone who is worried or anxious or fearful. And uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with that, you can go back and read Matthew 6. But I wonder tonight if, if someone in your group if you're experiencing fear or anxiety or worry, or maybe this is a chronic problem that you have, and deep down you know that the Father doesn't want you to be fearful or anxious or worried, so how do you respond to that? Well, there's a lot of teaching in the Bible about this, but this particular passage is where Jesus is speaking. And listen to what he says. But if you're worried about your job, you're worried about your your clothes, you worry about food, you worry about your health, you worry about all these things. He says this, but seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So the antidote that Jesus is giving to you and me, it's easier to say it than to do it, but he is, he is making it really clear. You've got to take your eyes off of your problem You've got to take the eyes off of your worry and fear. And you've got to put your eyes on the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God means to seek the king, to seek his rule in your life. And to say, Lord, you know, I need this, I need this, I'm worried about this, I'm anxious about this. And you're turning to him and you're saying, right now I'm just going to seek you. I'm going to let the other things, I'm put that in your hands. But right now I'm just going to seek you. Tonight in your groups, would you make that jump? It's a simple step. It's just one step. But it's a tremendous shift of perspective, isn't it? And whatever else is pressing on you, would you say, Lord, I'm, I'm thinking that I need to set some things aside so that I can seek you. Let's pray together in our groups. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, and verse 10, Jesus gave us his mission statement when he said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. 
That is his heart. That is his mission in Wynn, Arkansas. He loves us. He wants to live in you, guide you, change your life. But this is his mission. This is his purpose, his objective. Another verse I want to call your attention to is Mark chapter 1, verse 17. And Jesus said to his followers, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Go ahead and advance the slide. Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Uh, Mike has talked about this and taught about this verse before. But sometimes we get the idea that if I'm going to share my faith or if I'm going to impact my neighbor or someone in my family for Christ, uh, I've got to go to school, I've got to get a degree, and a diploma, and I've got to study for hours and hours. Jesus told us one thing to do. He said, follow me. And if you will follow him, he said, I will do everything that is needed in your life so that you can become effective at, at sharing the gospel with others. That may, the prospect of that may scare you to death. But we know that's his heart. That's where he wants to take you. You may have another agenda, but this is his agenda. And so there are people who desperately need what you have and what you enjoy in your relationship with him. So would you pray tonight about your own witness? Um, Lord, I choose to follow you. And I give you absolute authority and permission to do whatever you want to do to transform me, make me a person that shares you with others. Would you pray about that in your groups? First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. Paul's writing to the people in Thessalonica, and he says, Our gospel, when it came to you, he said, Our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. I'm going to ask you to pray for me. I'm going to ask you to pray for Dustin and Mike. I'm going to ask you to pray for our Sunday school teachers and anybody who on a fairly regular basis is presenting God's Word. One of the great, it's not a fear, but one of the great concerns I have every time I speak to you is, am I speaking in word only? That's, that's, that concerns me. I don't want to do that. And you don't want me to do that. People don't like my sermons. I tell them, you need to pray for me more. You get what you pray for. And, um, and tonight I'm going to ask you to pray for us who teach and who preach here at Wynn Baptist Church. And would you pray that, that we would not speak in word only, that the Holy Spirit would, would guide, would fill, would empower, would anoint, whatever language uh, you see in this passage, and that when we speak, that it would be a work of God every single time that we open His Word for those of us who lead and teach in God's Word. So groups, would you pray together for those who speak and teach God's Word at Wynn Baptist? The prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 44, verse 3, speaks about what we call now revival in this particular verse. Revival is best understood as what happens to God's people in the presence of God when He makes His presence known to us and He draws near. 
And in Isaiah 44, 3, he says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Now, if you just had that much of the verse, what's the requirement before he pours out the water? Thirst. It's a promise. It's an absolute promise in the Word of God that if you're thirsty, he will pour it out. What's he talking about? Well, he says it in the next phrase, and floods on the dry ground. And again, he's looking for dry ground. He's looking for someone who's parched, who's thirsty. And then he explains, I will pour my spirit on your descendants. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. And so it's a promise in Isaiah of what's going to happen in the future with Pentecost. But it also speaks to what he wants to do here. And so I would ask, are you thirsty? You know, sometimes we think it's so complicated to get to where God is at work and what God wants to accomplish, but these verses aren't complicated, are they? If you thirst, he said, I'll pour water out. I'll pour my spirit out. Would you pray in your groups about that? Would you pray in your groups? Precious Father, in your word you have said, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, and Father, you are our refuge. And Lord, we have only truly just begun to pour our heart out to you. And in doing that, Father, we want to draw near and know your heart. Lord, all over this room, there are people that you have created, individuals that you have made. And I marvel at the way you have gifted each one, the way you have wired each one for your purposes. I marvel at the plan that you have for each one. And I marvel at the miracle that for each person that knows you as their Lord and Savior, that you're living inside of them. God of the universe. Your Holy Spirit lives inside them. And you have, you have come to change us. You have come as our Lord, as our King. Because of that, Father, as I look out over this auditorium, I see extremely amazing and extraordinary people that you have made. Forgive us, Father, for trying to live ordinary lives when you have made us in such an extraordinary way. Father, we ask that tonight what we have experienced here, that you would use it to mark us for tonight, tomorrow, and the next day, and that we would carry within us a sense that we are not only yours, but that you desire fellowship with us that you wait on us to turn to you, to enjoy you, to love you, and to be enjoyed and to be loved in return. Father, we lift up the needs that were not vocalized this evening, the burdens that are being carried, 
that need to be shared. Those that need to be encouraged and strengthened in their faith. Those that are facing challenges that are frightening. Father, we come to you as a church and we stand with each of those individuals. And we ask for your mercy and your power to be near to their soul. We pray they would find a release and a place of safety in you. As your word has said that you are a refuge for us. And Father, as we go out into this week, we go out into a world filled with people who are hurting. And you have given us the secret of life, the gospel. Lord, I pray you would use us, not as ordinary people, but as extraordinary people. As we go and we talk to people and we interact with them, use us as bright lights in dark places. Thank you for this fellowship. Thank you, Father, for these moments creating here a house of prayer. Thank you for hearing our cry as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you are dismissed.